0: I am unashamed. What about you? I went to Bogota, Colombia. It's the second time I've been there. A beautiful place. I mean, beautiful. What were you doing there, Joe? So I went with all God's children. I know I've talked about them before, but uh, I still work with them. I love them. What uh, do they do? Tell tell everybody what they do again. Yeah, so in. we've uh, we do international adoption um and orphan care which is kind of a newer thing it's what they kind of brought me in for um to try to help you know raise awareness and monies um stand by Jim. just start that last sentence over s- so yeah we do international adoption and orphan care which is basically what i i spend all my time on is kind of raising awareness and um money to, to fund what we're doing over there. so
1: I'm a contributor, by the way. Yes. And yeah. so is Dad. I like it when you
0: call me and say, Thank <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the donation. But I do want to mention, because we do have a little campaign we're doing to try to um, uh, help these kids through sexual violence. So when I was there, <clears throat> I met this kid, um, Salome. Fi- went to her house. She's five years old. Tiny. She looked like like Gus is like six, and he was like three times her size. And this is your adopted son, Gus. Yeah, Gus is my adopted yeah. son. And um, so we go to her house, and she and her mother had been going to treatment that we provide at a facility to try to help kids and their you know mom, dad, who you know grandpa, whoever they're living with, to get over you know sexual violence. And um, she was being molested by her mom's a boyfriend, which I don't know exactly how long that took place, but like a good while, I think a year maybe. And this little girl, this was so crazy. She when we came in her house, this now we're removed like six months from that. Been getting treatment. Um, she was so happy. She was reading to us and she had all these little dances she was doing. She had a little puppy that she carried around with her. So she seemed right I, I could see or what we're doing is working because, you know, I would think she would be just head down, you know, super just not like she was. I was like, oh, man, this is great. And, and we talked to the uh, the people who counsel her, and they're just like, she has come a long way. like. But it's a big problem there, like sexual violence. It's like.
2: It's phew. a big problem everywhere. It's yeah. a big
0: problem everywhere. but I mean, was... Nothing makes me
1: more angry in this society, in our world, as – kids being taken advantage of and it's a global epidemic because there's evil in the world so i commend you for your venture and the, which is why we're all we all support what you do i mean if we're going to represent the lord i think in your top five helping kids who have been abused should yep. be at the top of our priority list
0: want to finish that thought out so we uh we got a twenty-five. We're trying to raise seventy thousand to fund this. It's been funded for the past, I think, three or four years, and uh, but our funding ends pretty soon. So we got a twenty-five thousand dollars match going to that. So we're basically trying to raise about forty-five thousand more, hopefully in the next, you know, month or two. So just putting it out there to the viewers. Feel free to give allgod'schildren.org. Is where yeah,
1: you can we'll, do that, and we'll put we'll put it up on the screen yep. for people who are watching.
0: But yeah, the trip was great. It's hard. It's hard to see these kids and you hear their stories, and you're just like, "Oof, it's tough, but awesome that you're that we're were there to help. I mean, they they love us and love because they get it. We're not there to for any other reason but to help.
1: Is it third world country like? I mean, what were you eating and what were you oh, traveling? Yeah.
0: That was a funny story. So no, Bogota is kind of it's pretty nice. I don't think it's considered yeah like a third think. world. Um, so we go to this like the nicest steakhouse they have, and we get out the menu, and I was like forty six thousand. I mean, I was like what? Or, no, it was like it was like forty six hundred for like a steak, and I was like. What is going on here? I didn't realize it took me a minute. And I was like, it is not in American dollar. Yeah, he was like, I was like, rate. what is the exchange right here? And I'm talking to her, like our interpreter. He's like, "Ah, oh, it's about $7. I was like, $7 for, and it was a fine ribeye, huh? but it was like seven inflation. American dollars.
2: Yeah, I got you. That's
3: yeah. it. That's inflation right there. Ooh. Yeah. Their, their, their currency has been inflated against the U.S. dollar.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, That reminds when I went to Ukraine, you know, 25 years ago, I I literally carried around the money in a box. I mean, I just knew somebody was going to knock me in the head because it was 750 to 1, I think. So, I mean, I bought that coat that y'all made fun of me. I bought it for Missy. It was a women's coat. It was the only thing I found that was even worth money, and I think I paid four dollars for it but so whatever that was <laughs> it was like three thousand of, of their money you know but but uh um, it was a sad situation i mean we're kind of laughing it's a sad situation that just you see these I mean,
2: you had a, the, a bulky just a lot of money
1: oh i just it wasn't worth it i had a it looked like monopoly money that was heavy and i carried it on my shoulder because by the end i was going to give it all away so when we stopped through, uh, on the way back to Russia. And I went, I basically spent all that money moving up the line in McDonald's because <laughs> it had just been built back then as the world's largest McDonald's. I mean, I hadn't eaten in five days. Hunger legitimately. Came upon y'all. And I was just doling it out. Cause I figured if I just give it away, maybe somebody won't knock me in the head by the time I get to the front of the line. And so I got. By the time I got to the line and paid for my five happy meals that I ordered for myself, I just had an empty box.
2: And if we're not careful, we're going to end up in the same predicamentarian with the kind of inflation that's going on now. It's it's tough
1: times. I mean, you're you're wondering how low economic, you know, jobs are even making. I mean, it's what are we? Five dollars for a gallon of gas here now? Seven and six bucks for a gallon of diesel. Yeah,
3: it's You it's, uh, it's incredible. If you, you, should re, you should research the Weimar Republic, which um, after, I'm probably going to this, butcher this, but after World War II uh, and after World War I, the Germans had a lot of war that that they were forced to pay back. And so they started to print money to monetize their debt. And if you read the stories of how quickly the German mark just completely collapsed, they would bring wheelbarrows full of money down to the place to pay their light bill because the, the, the dollar had been, I guess, their, the mark had been deflated so much. And I think the exchange rate at the beginning of all this was like one to seven or something like that. And by the end of them printing money, one U.S. dollar would buy you like 1.2 trillion German mark. The, the prices on a menu, when you went out to eat, they would, they would ch- the, the price would go up by the time you got done eating, so people would want to pay for their meal before they ate, because by the time they got through eating, the price had already gone up. It's crazy stuff. Oh, well.
1: well, it's simply the practical application of that is if you put your hope and dreams and goals in finances... It it's just you're you're doomed to fail. I mean, even if you you find we've all been blessed and, but that still is not going to get your body out of the ground. It's not going to give you purpose. I mean, when you, we're focusing on Jesus' first ten chapters, but you just think about God's plan. I mean, Jesus didn't come with a entourage and a Bentley, throwing out hundred dollar bills everywhere. I mean, he had nothing not even a place to stay. I just think it. They're, the contrast of that is when you really want to have something that's life-altering, alter, you, you have to discover that God has a plan for everyone, and he did it through the spiritual transformation of the heart. And, look, he's going to take care of you because the big stuff, sin, death, purpose, all of that is answered. Now, that doesn't mean the rest of it's not going to be bumpy, but it reminds me of that, that uh, Paul's illustration in Philippians 3, which I think directly ties into where we're at in, in Hebrews because we're going to get into chapter 3 today. But when he talked about that putting no confidence in the flesh, uh, Philippians 3, 2, he says, Watch out for those the mutilators of the flesh, those men who do evil. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. And then he said, though I have reasons for such confidence, if anyone thinks he has reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. And then he gives his pedigree from the exact thing that we're that we're battling in Hebrews. He says, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regard to the law of Pharisee as for zeal, persecuting the church as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. And then this, this, these verses in 7 and 8 are so profound. It says, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, our Lord." And there was one other. I, I wrote down a, a. There was a. While
2: you there, Jace? Uh, everybody needs to realize that when they read Hebrews, uh, when you when when you read Hebrews, since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death, this is Hebrews two verse fourteen and following that he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. What everyone needs to remember, you say that has not yet become a reality because Jesus has returned back. He spent 40 days to deliver us from the fear of death and went back into heaven. So now here we are as a group his kingdom who are following him by faith. Well the reality of him destroying the power of death is is going to happen on his return because all the ones who wrote this, all the prophets, all the believers, all the apostles, the reality of the resurrection, they are asleep. Most of them were murdered and the, the Roman Empire slaughtered them. Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, 1 Corinthians 15, 20, because he starts us out. If it's preached that a Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there's no resurrection of the dead? Well, down in verse 20, Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. Now, here's where, where he's the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The reality is not quite there yet. We're waiting on the return. God became flesh. That's how he entered the world. So watch. The first fruits for those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, Adam, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man, Jesus. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own turn. Christ the first fruits and here is the reality then when he comes the end here comes the reality of of Satan being crushed as far as death's concerned when Jesus comes he you could add back those who belong to him then the end will come after God has destroyed every uh, all dominion destroyed, all authority, all power. He must reign until he put his enemies under his feet and the last enemy to be destroyed, the reality of it is death. So when you look at it that way, you say, well, we've got this great hope and all we're doing is waiting on the return, Jace, yeah. so that the, the destruction of death and the power of death can be done away with forever and ever and ever and ever. So there is this slight uh, waiting period, I guess I would call it. Yeah, let's take a quick break.
1: Well, that's where I was getting to in Philippians three, when he says in verse 12 through 14, he says, so, I mean, whatever confidence he had in the flesh, that, that system he realized was not going to work just the same point in Hebrews you're not going to be able to sacrifice enough you're not going to be able to have enough rituals you're not going to be able to pull this off on your own overcoming sin and death we all have to declare that we're we're just morally corrupt and in need uh, of a savior But I like how he words this in chapter 3 and 12 of Philippians. He says, not that I have already obtained all this, to your point, Phil, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold on me. And that was kind of where I got that point that God calls us. The adventure comes to us in Jesus, and it's a spiritual adventure thing it's not going to be oh i come to christ and i'm going to make millions of dollars and my life is going to be perfect here well no that it's all these guys suffered mightily they were murdered and they didn't have a whole lot (laughs) but then it says brothers i did not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it but one thing i do forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead and, and that goes back to the point we made earlier, that when God calls us, he calls us from something to something. And so which gets into that illustration that Jesus made about trying, when you're trying to pour the new wine into the old wine skins, it's not going to work. It's, it's going to burst. This is a complete and total sellout in Jesus and full control taken over by him. And so then he says, which mir- mirrors Hebrews 3.1, He says in verse 14, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So when you come over and read Hebrews 3, 1, it says, Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus. So he took us from a transition, and we talked about this in the overtime of the last podcast, he destroyed him who holds the power of death. No longer could the evil one just take you out and that be it. Now, he thinks that's it in this world, and it may look like that because people die every day. People who follow Jesus are martyred. But we know that we're coming back. He, he,
2: he destroyed he that. He said to the Romans, at Romans 8, I'm convinced that neither death nor life or angels nor demons nor present nor future nor any powers neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. He said, death doesn't separate you. you. You you live on, you're children of the resurrection. They were struggling with it at Corinth. You say, but the reality of it, it comes once you understand the return of Jesus, that's all we're waiting on. Yeah. Most people are going to be running away when Jesus returns, we'll be running to him. Yeah, that's the difference.
1: Well, and I think what he's the underlying point of what he's trying to do here is because he brings up this argument in chapter two and 16 when he said, for surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants, because that's where they they came from. But the underlying theme of making this point about Jesus becoming like a human to save us and to destroy the power of death Yep. It then echoes what he said in Matthew 28 when he said, you go preach the gospel, the good news that Jesus died and thus destroying the power of the devil, and he was resurrected so that we can live again. He said, you go preach that to all nations. And I think that's the underlying point of this. They they were happy in their heritage of being God's chosen people, and they were tempted to go back and and. Go back to that system or, you know, to elevate the angels and, and put their faith and trust in all that. And he's trying to get them to view God's purpose as a bigger thing to all humanity. Yep. I mean, that we all have this in common. And you just think about what we do in religion and what we do in politics and what we do in everything else in life. We like those dividing lines. And we like to pick a side.
2: It's and, the opposite of we've got it and you don't. <laughs> exactly. Was their mindset. That's
1: just what we tend to do. We we tend to, you know, it it's like almost, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, embellishing this, but it's like almost when you hear somebody in the church do something really bad. And look, preachers all the time, they make the news about some horrible sin they commit. But in a way, it makes us feel better because we're like, well, at least I didn't do that. So, so, so somehow another, that makes me more holy and more in favor when in reality the favor comes from God's plan in Jesus and not how you're responding on a daily basis other than, that's why I think Paul was, the way he related that, he said, I'm trying to take hold to which Jesus took hold of me. <laughs> you say, well, what does that mean? It, it's all about your perspective on, on what's the driving force for forgiveness and for hope and for purpose and for success, it's gonna come through God's plan and your surrender to it.
2: Yep. Well, Just you you, you asked the question around doing good because he yeah, because Jason, you asked the
3: question in the overtime segment on the last episode. Um, yeah, I think the question was, "What does it mean when he says uh, not the power of death, but what is what is the fear of death that holds us in slavery?" Yeah, it's something
1: we don't really talk about. He used it. He said, Jesus came to free those who their whole life were held in slavery by their fear of death. And I said, that's not something we really notice. Now, granted, if somebody brings out a gun and starts shooting, we all run or or take cover. Why? Because there is a inherent natural fear of death there. Or, you know, if someone pulls over in your lane, you, you'll you have a surge of adrenaline and quickly
2: move out of the way. Why? And because there is a- gotta an... remember, Jace, this is the first time in the history of planet Earth that someone shows up and says with a straight face, I've come here to die for going up to Jerusalem. I'm gonna die, be buried. In three days, I'll be raised from the dead. Yeah. And he ends it up by saying when he did it, he did die. He was buried. That's the first time in human history, and no one has come along since that time with this kind of documentation. Just yeah, one to actually person.
1: give evidence, historical one evidence.
2: whoever lived and died and still lives. Yeah. That's, that's a first. And let's we're still break stuck break. with
3: it. Let's take one quick break. Um, yeah, you know, to your point, though, Jace, I think that that's the, what, the weird part about that passage is when we say they're, they're in slavery, but then you look at people and people don't seem to be in slavery to the fear of death. But I yeah. think that we are. And I think what the slavery is, it doesn't say this in the scripture here, but this is what I'm extrapolating through my own life experience and others is all of the things that we try to do to numb ourselves from the reality that we're dying i mean that that's the slavery part we're we're taking the things of god whether it be in religious circles maybe here in this context is our colossians it's the worship of angels or even in, here in hebrews or it's the elevation of the law it's the you know the priest it's the whatever it is maybe it's uh, sexual gratification materialism power But all of these things are meant, uh, Jeff mentioned it earlier when he talked about his friend or somebody that, you know, you're just, you're trying to stay fit and hopefully you buy yourself enough time to get an answer. But all that is, it's it's a distraction from the reality that we're dying. And when Jesus came and finished his work on the cross, that's that's one of the major benefits of it is that we get a context for living. We don't have to. We still struggle with sin. But we don't have to hide. We don't have to pretend. We don't have to numb ourselves in this reality. We can Zach always, re-
2: always remember, and you will uh, really pay careful attention to uh, your faith in Jesus. Once you get to what the age I am, I'm 76. <laughs> so, you know, it's beginning to kind of shocking like, whoa, I'm still here. You see what I'm
0: saying? <laughs> no, I, mean,
2: I think, Zach. Oh, that, I'm thankful that I'm a child of the I, resurrection because the time is running out on this first run. No, Zach, I think you hit it on the head. That The only thought I
1: had about this, what does it mean to be held in slavery by your fear of death? Because it's not something we talk about. It's not something you notice. But I thought about a, the, a famous Pink Floyd song, and I don't know all the words of it, but I remember the end where, where he said, I've become comfortably numb. Yeah, yeah. I can play yeah. that song on guitar. I can. <laughs> but I think you're right. You have to find a way in your mind to not look at the reality of death, because there's no outside of Jesus and that being real, not just like the world depicts it as a crutch for weak people, but... You, you have to, you, you're never going to say, Oh, I'm going to die and deal with the consequences. People don't want to go it's, there in their mind. No, you, it's,
3: it's, it's yeah. I was going to say, it's much more than a crutch. I mean, people say, Oh, you, you believe in that because it's a crutch. I mean, no, no, it's way more than a crutch. It's a wheelchair, it's life support, it's the whole apparatus, it's everything. I mean, it's, it's our hope. And I think what happens, we've talked about this a lot, Jace, that. Even the gospel itself can become an idol. The Bible can become an idol. Jesus told the uh, Pharisees, You study the scriptures diligently, and by them you think you're saved, but yet you mess me. In Matthew 12, he says, You know, the, the people of Nineveh, uh, you know, repented when they heard the message of Jonah. He says, I, Somebody greater than Jonah is here, and yet you still refuse to repent. And I think the temptation for Christian people is that we worship uh, religion, we worship our doctrines. We worship all these things of God, which are good things. But the ultimate end of the story is God Himself, the triune nature of God. That we get to be, as it says here. I love this line. We kind of skipped over it. Verse uh, one to chapter three, we get to be partakers, partakers of heavenly calling. And of and, uh, Second Peter, it says this: uh, verse uh, chapter one, verse four. Um, He has granted to us His precious and magnificent promises so that by them we may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. And so when we we look at what's happening in Hebrews here, it's really a case that all of these things that, that God has implemented, including the gospel itself, is all pointing. Those are means to an end in the end. Is that we get to be we get to participate in the nature of God? We get to participate in the inner life of God. We get to dwell in the presence of God. That is the reward. We, the reward is not eternal life for the sake of itself. The reward is eternal life in the presence as per, uh, participators and partakers of the of the the triune nature of God. Does that make sense?
1: No, I agree. Well, I was going to say in my response to the Pink Floyd comfortably numb I mean Jesus became a God's plan through the work of the Spirit which you mentioned which which we house which is the whole concept of being born again and you think about overcoming the fear of death well if you have the Holy Spirit of God Romans 8:11 the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you but when you look at the opposite of comfortably numb Jesus, became uncomfortably dead for us to overcome that. He, Cause his death was, I mean, uncomfortable is not a big enough word. I was just playing off what, I mean, it yep. was brutal. He was, he was tortured, he, oh. you know, he, but, and so he died, which I think is his point so that we could not have to try to figure out ways to become comfortably numb on the earth which is what we do and that's why everybody always says oh it was such a shock you know when that happened well really why are we shocked we, we, you know we're just we're living one day at a time and any day it it could be sure. it, it, this is this is the re- harsh reality of where we're at whether you're a believer or not, not you can you can dilute your mind into thinking that it's just not going to happen but yeah the reality you know it of it is hard? scary. What? It hit
3: me hard. Well, I've been out of college. I went to Harding University in Arkansas for four years, and when I was there, I knew every place on that campus. That cafeteria was my cafeteria. That Chick Fil A, that's our Chick Fil A. The dorm room was my dorm room. My my hall, my bathroom. It was you know we occupied that campus as a group of people for four years. And then I leave for about 10, It came back to visit, and it was a whole other set of people. And it was like, it, it kind of hit me. This is us on planet Earth. Like there's a whole other group of people that live before us. It was their Earth. And there's a group that's coming after us that's going to be there. It's just quick. It's just, it, it's, so temp, it's so temporary. Mm-hmm. That, Phil, you said it, you're 76. I guess when you get older, maybe you start to contemplate those things more. But I think that's what the psalmist wanted us to contemplate when he wrote that in Psalms ninety-one, teach me, Lord, to number of my days.
1: Well, that's why you got passages like First Peter one, you know, twenty-three that says, "For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable." I mean, there's a word you need to just.
2: That's why. Well, on I, when they jump up in front of me and say, "Get that effing Bible out of my face!" Yeah. <clears throat> Many a time, get that Bible. I don't want to hear anything but They're they're turning away. From their only chance to have no fear of death, I, I'm trying to show them that, but they're saying, "Hands on the ears, don't know." No, I don't want to hear that, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and man, it's disheartening. Well, he goes. Every time on, you see one turn, you're like, "Whoo, man!"
1: Well, let me finish reading this. So he says, "But of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God, not not the not the dead." not not the not the historical dead leftovers of what happened i mean it it is a living word you know when jesus was raised from the dead for all men are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field the grass withers and the flowers fall but the word of the lord stands forever and I think that's his point here in Hebrews, because he's saying when you think about the implications of having the heavenly calling of God, if we're going to find God on the planet, because a lot of people are like, well, yeah, I, I would, you know, if there is a God, I'd, I mean, how would I know where to go? Which church do I go to? We ask all these silly questions that are legitimate questions, but they seem silly in reality, because if you're going to find God, it, it's a completely different perspective. He actually finds you through what he did in Jesus. I mean, there's there's a reason the Bible's been the number one seller ever since it came out. There's a reason we have this historical evidence. There's a reason we count time by Jesus. There's a reason that God uses people to share Jesus. I mean, if you, you got it down to what we're doing, even this podcast.
2: Flawed individuals. But yeah,
1: it's getting out there. And then you have all these things that happen in life that remind you that you're going to die. I mean, I've I've told this story before, but one uh, there was a guy who I shared Jesus with multiple times, and he just never would move on it. He never would say anything. He just, but he would always show up and listen and listen. Well, one day, years later, a- after he he came to Christ, he said, "You know what? Actually, kept kept making me think about that." He said, "Every time I saw a funeral, every time I had to pull over on the side of the road, because you know, in our culture, you see a funeral come, you pull over." And he said it would seem like it would pass by for hours. <laughs> <laughs> he said the time just it was a mounted. somber. It because ma- he said, that. no matter how I justify my life, because look, you talking about comfortably numb, had plenty of money, had a you know a wife that he that he loved, no kids, but because they couldn't have kids, but he just he he loved his life. He had plenty of money. He was having fun, he's doing all the hobby, but he's like and then here you are sharing that, you know, I need this in my life. And he's like, I don't need this in my life. I like my life. It Because it, there are some people out there who are under the, they're comfortably numb. They're like, but he said, man, you share this. And then every time I see a funeral, he's like, I I, I just can't keep living. Like, I think this is going down some road. That's going to, it. there's just not going to happen. And yeah, uh, let's, uh
3: let's take a quick break.
1: So I I think it's these concepts and principles is what he was trying to get at. And that's why he said that by his death, he that's when he interjected that we have the fear of death. We know who holds the power of death. Death itself is something to to be dealt with in, in reality. But that's why he became like us. And by his death, he freed us. He crushed the evil one, so we never have to worry about this. And then he makes this transition into that, and so that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. And oh, by the way, he took care of your sins, where you could be born again, you could start over. And that was his transition into understanding the the heavenly calling. But you notice what he's trying to get us to do, to Al's point on these overall themes. So let us do what: fix your thoughts on jesus chapter 3 verse 1 the apostle and high priest whom we confess and then he goes in to, and to finish this section i'll read it. verse 2 he was faithful to the one who appointed him just as moses was faithful in all god's house so he used abraham as an example because you got to remember the context of who he's writing these people you know jewish christians when well, he brings up moses Just as Moses was faithful, Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor, better. Remember, that's one of the fundamental themes here. Jesus is better than Moses. Just, And I love this illustration. I've used it hundreds of times in Bible studies and speeches. Just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, testifying to what would be said in the future. And if I was like a dynamic preacher, I'd really scream on this verse six, because I mean, it, it is an emphatic point to me, but he says, but Christ is faithful as a son over God's house, and we are his house. I can see somebody preaching that. We are his house. People have surrendered to Jesus. If we hold on to our courage and the hope which you ain't, you're not finding in a jar. We talked about that in the overtime. You know, Oprah has a has a. They sell a uh. Hope, what 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 is it? Jar called? of hope. Yeah, a jar of hope. You put this stuff on your face, and you'll look like you're not getting old. <laughs> you have that hope that you can. Talking about comfortably numb. Oh. You see these people sleep at night, you know, they got all this stuff, and they got blindfolded, green avocados, and all what, what are they doing? They're trying to become ageless. But you, we have this hope. We are his house if we hold on to the courage and the
2: hope of which we boast. They sell medicine, A- ageless. What's, what's it called, ageless? I,
1: I need to compile that list again and, and bring it. it. It's quite funny. I mean— because it'll say all these things. It'll have these eternal, you know, eternal perfume. I think there's there's one out there. I'm like, no, just think about that. There there's I think Calvin Klein maybe makes it. I don't know. Maybe I should name which one. but Eternity. Yeah, eternity. But look, you say what is that trying to fight? What happens when you die after, let's say, four days?
3: But you start stinking.
1: You start stinking. Yeah. But no. Well, what if you had that perfume on? Because it's think. eternity. You're never going to stink. Yeah. Yep. Just give us 69 99
3: If one of those products promised on what they were advertising, it would shut all the other companies down. <laughs> it, it, it
1: shut
2: the, the world down. They would it rule you the built world. a tablet and you could get out and push it, and you say, take this and you will live forever. It's ten thousand dollars. Phil, look, it's expensive. I've used this. If you take this, everybody who takes it, they're guaranteed they will live forever. Phil, there was a
1: clothing store. You know what the name of it was? Forever Twenty One. You know what happened to it? True. It went bankrupt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Forever Twenty One turned twenty two. Look it up. We we Forever Twenty One. We do it in our culture. Well, I wanted to explore this because we don't have long left. I wanted to explore this idea, this illustration where he made, just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. Because, look, we sing the song back in, when, I was, when you were first converted. You know, we went to a church, and we sang this song. I've got a mansion just over the hilltop. Uh, I'm trying to quote this. song now. in that That's fair right. in that fair land, where we'll never, never grow
3: old, and someday yonder we'll never yeah. more wander, but walk the streets that are purest gold.
1: You know now. Look, when I sang that song back then, I thought, "Oh, this is good. I got, I got, I got a mansion." And you know where they get it because because Jesus said, "In my Father's house are many rooms," and all. But then He quickly said, right after that, "I'm the way." I'm the way, I'm the way. I mean, it's who you're with. So you just think, would you rather God build you a house or would you rather spend eternity with someone who can build houses for eternity? Which is greater? The builder? So so let's say if you bought a house, you boy, this is a nice house. Would you rather sell everything and have that house? Or would you rather say, look, I, I, I want to partner with the guy who can do this. Tens of thousands of times. That that's his point. So what what does that mean for us? I guess it's a question I wanted to pose for well, you.
3: Hey, think about in Second Thessalonians because you mentioned earlier we were talking about in uh, Hebrews two when he mentioned. Um, I think your translation says atonement. Yeah. Uh, and says uh, propitiation, which is yeah you, know, you 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 are not hesitant, but you were talking about the propitiation has to do more with that. There's a satisfaction of God's wrath.
1: Right. And
3: I know a lot of times we don't like to contemplate the idea of God's wrath, but I think it's because we misunderstand God's wrath. Typically we think that and I've said this before that God has a barrel where he stores up wrath and he scoops it out in his ladle when he gets really mad at us and he pours it on us and Jesus came to calm down, calm God down, say God's okay. But but you read in Second Thessalonians chapter one, and then I'll make another reference to Romans one about the wrath of God. On the day of destruction, he said, "These people, uh, on the day of judgment, rather these people." Verse nine. Uh, see, the, these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction, which is hell. This is what he. This is how he defines hell: away from the presence of the Lord, from the glory yeah. of His power. So they to be in hell is to be cast out of god's presence so that you can't see his glory and in verse 10 it gives the opposite of that when he comes to be glorified in his saints on the day and to be marveled at among all who have believed for the testimony to you who believe so our reward is we're going to be able to bask in the glory of god to participate in it and to marvel at it and those Mm -hmm. who will not those who will go to hell will be cast out of his presence So you go read Romans chapter 1, when it says the wrath of God is being revealed, it tells us what that wrath is. It says it's being left to ourselves. It says because they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he gave gave them up to themselves. And so I think that when we talk about this idea that God is better than the the house or the builders, better than than the actual building, it, we, we need to understand that the ultimate reward is not heaven because of the streets of gold. I said it before it's heaven because we're in the presence of God and exactly. God's wrath yeah. is just being left to yourself. So he's building that case up here in Hebrews of saying all these things you guys are worshiping, you're elevating over me. We do it all the time with doctrinal disputes. I mean, how many people do we know that will sit there and just hammer down on people on doctrinal issues and they never talk about the presence of the living god.
1: That's oh, exactly. One of
3: the, uh, now, we're tra- hey guys, let's take a quick break.
1: We're tracking 100%. I brought that up in the overtime of the last podcast, but my point was even the translators have trouble translating it cuz they take two words that seemingly mean two different things, you know, atonement you're kind of focusing on the love and mercy God had for us to redeem us. And that propitiation is more like, and it keeps us from the wrath of God. But you got to remember that, that, that all goes together. I mean, God is holy. He, he has a lot of qualities. They're all good. And there's a lot of, a lot of things that are happening. That's why I said he calls us from something to something and Colossians, remember when we studied Colossians, it said, so therefore you put off the old self and you put on the new self. Well, that happens when we're born again. But you're always going to be struggling with that just as you as you move along. And, and, and you're always going to have in the back of your mind, uh, you know, God's wrath is real. It, if you just decide to walk away from the presence of God, guess what? you're going to experience the wrath of God because there's nothing good that's going to happen from that existence. So I think we're tracking. I was just saying, I was kind of making a point that we ourselves struggle with wrapping our head around, well, what are we going to, what are we going to highlight on the qualities of God? But I think you see that in different churches and there's no doubt about it. It's just a fact. You go to some churches And it's like what we would call hell, fire and brimstone, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's like and it's like that's where they're focused, because I think we really struggle with just surrendering to God and allowing his nature to be the controlling force of our life, because we just don't look at things like that. We we tend to just focus on what we want to focus on based on however we see it instead of trying to wrap our head around his plan you know but i agree with you 100 percent. it's the same point we've made about miracles that he's making about this is it the building or is it the builder because people say that they'll pursue miracles their whole life and i'm like well even if he did a miracle in your life would you rather have a great relationship with one who can do miracles or would you just rather sit in line and wait for a miracle I'd rather be best friends with the person who can do miracles at any time. That's better. He he's better yeah. than the it's actual miracle. The, it's the
3: it's the same theme that we keep running up against, whether we're going through the Book of Matthew or the letter to the Galatians or the or the Hebrew letter here. It's the same theme that we humans tend to get off on something other than the person of Jesus. <coughs> exactly. And, um, I think it. I think it's worthy of note in Hebrews 2, whether you, whatever your translation is, whether it's atonement or whether it's propitiation. Um, but this concept of atonement is a means to an end, and the end of it is Christ Himself. It's 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 being one with Christ. So when you say we're not just saved from something, we're saved to something. I love that because it's another way of saying that is is. I'm not just. It, the point of the whole thing is not just me being saved from my sin. It's me being saved from my sin so that I can become one with God. Exactly. And and life. Yeah.
2: No, we're all on the same page. Exactly. Well, I found another little introduction into another verse that deals with the promise. I got another one after y'all got through with that little dissertation. Well, give it to us because you got like 90 Therefore... Seconds. Chapter four, when he gets over there in the book of Hebrews, since the promise of entering his rest, and in, in lieu of what y'all said about the, you know, God's, the ones that don't make it, entering his rest still stands. Let us be careful then that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because here's what a lot of people, and you, you said it brilliantly, Jay, because though it has no value because those who heard did not combine it with faith. Exactly. That leads
1: me to look for everything we've said here today and leading us into overtime. This second Corinthians two, I mean, because you say, what is this point? What is our point today? What does this mean to us? Listen to this verse and and see if it doesn't reflect what we've been saying. It says, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal possession in Christ. God is the one doing the leading here. Yep. And through us spreads everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him. Now, you want an eternal fragrance? Here it is. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are being perished. There's your, you you can't have it both ways. Some are in and some are out. There's going to be wrath. There's going to be eternity of bliss with the creator of the universe. To the one we are the smell of death because it reminds them that they're going to die. Jesus' resurrection actually reminds us of our death. To the other, the fragrance of life. And who is equal to the task? Nobody. And unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ we speak before God with sincerity like men sent from God. So when you say who's equal to the task, I think that's the point. Jesus did it for us. And we get to participate in that. It's and he a works life
2: in it. of lived out faith.
1: Yeah, believe. That's it. I mean, outside of Jesus, how can you pull this off?
2: That's it.
3: Well, I said, I said earlier that if somebody could come up with a prompt, uh, could deliver on one of these promises, it would put the rest of them out of business. And the truth is, is the verse you just read is somebody has come up with something. Exactly. They will deliver on the promise and it will put the whole bunch of them out of business. That's all for today. Let's uh, move over to the behind the paywall conversation. If you guys want to jump into overtime segment, we'd love to have you there. You can subscribe to um, the overtime segment along with a lot of other things as well at uh, blazetv.com slash unashamed. That's blazetv.com slash unashamed. And you get 10 bucks off. I think it moves it down like 89 bucks for the year. So I'd love to have you guys over there.